This week's episode of the Bench Time Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. So, we have a bunch of new patrons here to thank and to go over. <clears throat> so, here we go. I want to thank Brendan, Scott for upping. Andre, thanks again. Uh, we want to thank uh, Rob as well. So, thank you to all you guys. You, in addition to all of our other patrons, are what keeps our show going and it allows us to do our contests and our fun patron-only um, entries and prize giveaways and stuff like that, plus a, a lot of other things that we're doing. So, thanks again. Let's jump into this week's episode. All right. Let's go! Welcome to Bench Time Podcast. This is episode <laughs> it one. It was funny the first time. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to Wait, do it let's again. Go. Let's go! <laughs> Welcome to episode 108 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. We're on like, I'm pumped tonight. I don't know why. I was like thinking about doing I don't know this. Why? I just killed a big giant ant in January. Bench. On my workbench. He was crawling on my new, well, my Ooh. now finished. Uh, module um, of the uh, the. It's uh, like a Godzilla movie. It's like a Mothra, but Anthra, yeah. Anthra. Yeah. So, hey guys. Well, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I got some scenery that I'm I've been working on. I know my dad wants to talk about some scenery. I know. Um, we have some other things we want to talk about from some other modelers and manufacturers, and that'll be on our bullhorn announcements. As yeah. well as, um, I don't know, we got a whole bag of stuff for you today, guys. So, yeah, really. welcome to 2020. Hopefully, you know, you got all your corny mantras out of the way, like, new year, new me, yeah, ooh, yeah. jazz hands, whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> get all that stuff out of the way and get back to what you're working on before the uh, new year flipped over. Honestly, yeah, great. I don't get too pumped up about new years. I don't know about you. Like, nah. If you think about okay, so I think I text you about on New Year's Eve. I'm like, this is a silly holiday, by the way. And it took me 30 years of my life to finally come to the realization that like it's a really silly holiday. We celebrate that the Earth turned around the world, the sun. Yeah. Again, I was thinking that same kind like, of thing. Not not in the context. That it's you been just doing did, it for it's been doing it for how long? We were you know. Right. Oh my God! I did it again. It's, it's, hooray! It's tomorrow! Like, it's really... Now it's today! We should do it every... We should do it every month. We should do it every night. Happy new... Happy... 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 Two nights ago. Happy new month. Happy new month! (laughs) We'll do it 12 times a year. I mean... I don't get it. I don't get the whole concept uh, either. Anyways. Okay. So the night turns. So tonight it's going to hit midnight. Do I celebrate that tomorrow's Friday? I mean, Woo! I'll stay up till midnight and drop a lighted, light, a lighted ball from my ceiling. You know what I'll do? <laughs> I'm going to, we're going to take the Christmas tree down tomorrow. I'll unwrap yeah. the entire uh, Christmas tree and I'll wrap all the lights up into a ball yeah. and connect it to my um, ceiling via a hook in the ceiling and I'll drop it from the ceiling like a New York. Like the Times Square ball, but all lit up, <laughs> and I'll I'll celebrate the weekend every every Friday night. I'll celebrate that it's Saturday, and I'll drop a lit ball from my ceiling at midnight. 
It's just an excuse for people to go out and get crazy. And, <laughs> yeah. And I've got no, I get it. That. I get it. I don't get it because, you know, businesses close down half a day early or whatever or, or whatever so that people can go home. I, I don't mind that. Celebrate the next day. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it's – I get – I get it's this. Like, it's right after – I, 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 I get the significance. Christmas and Hanukkah. I mean, everybody already had their day off, you know? I get so we had, Now we got to have another day off? I mean, uh, I, I get the significance of like, okay, it's been a full year. If you want to change something up in your life, go for it. I, I get that. I get it. But, um, you know. Is that what's supposed to be? About I, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. I mean, the gym, all the gym commercials I see on TV yeah, are, that's are a, pumping out. Yeah, membership for the year. Yeah. Well, I won't. I won't be going to the gym uh, to run on the treadmill for a good two or three months until <laughs> it thins back out again. Oh yeah. So, Anyways, we're done. I we're done. On the treadmill at all? We're done bitching about the. Uh, or the gym. We're done bitching about the new year. Oh, I have some. Did I? Did I tell my bear story? You should join the gym. What did bears? I, no, you didn't. Told, you haven't told the bear story here. We got some other. What's the other story that we were talking about? We had to tell tonight. I got the bear story. I got the, oh man. There was a story on Facebook we were talking about with somebody and we said we have to tell that story. Oh, our ground foam. Oh, we're telling the ground foam story tonight. All right. Okay. Yes. You got okay, the ground foam story. I'll we'll do get the, to that eventually. I'll do the bear story right now though. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you post the patron question thing? I did, yeah. All right, so we'll we'll swing we'll swing we'll back around to that at the end of the episode. Yeah, a lot of stuff to go over tonight. So, yeah. Plus, we did a contest yesterday, and yeah. Well, actually, last night wrapped up the um. Well, I'm sorry, New stuff. New Year's Eve, the 31st, wrapped up the patron only, um, HO Scale Customs patron contest for the holiday build. It was really tough to judge it. We had like seven entries for, out of our patrons. And yeah. uh, I mean, every, you know what? It was really cool. We had dioramas. So the rules were to build a, a diorama or a scene. It didn't have to be buildings. It could be anything. Right. From the minimum size had to be two inches by two inches all the way up to whatever size you wanted to build. Yeah. Well, we had people build literally uh, – Pat, one of our patrons, built a, a beautiful um, – I think it was one of the railroad kits – prizes that i gave him um i think it was a railroadkits.com kit but um he built an awesome little red shed with a santa and uh on a two inch by two inch diorama all the way up to uh dazzy uh one of our patrons he built a gigantic christmas city like a whole town like a town square at christmas and uh it was hard to pick from but uh, we did pick a winner, and uh, it was Dazzy J. So he's already we've already been in talk with, talks with him. Uh, he's yeah. one of our patrons from Australia, by the way. So he's a listener from down under. I think it's summer there, by the way, too. So he was modeling a snow scene in the summer, which is kind of funny. I thought that was ironic. But, um, yeah, so we had a whole bunch. We had people, you know, deck out uh, rail cars and do uh, – a, a scene with snow with rail cars or little miniature dioramas with just a building. We actually had a eight. What's it? H O N 30 guy or an O N 30. What is that? What'd he do? Are you there? Yeah. I'm trying to think. It was Dan Banks. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had he made a O N thirty. Not H O N thirty. I sound like an no, I sound like O-scale. an idiot. It was just O scale. Oh, was it O scale? Yeah. Oh no, Scott's the O N thirty guy. Right. Um, but yeah, Dan Banks did an O scale, uh, big giant O scale building with a whole bunch of snow on it. I mean, and um, Dan Pugach, he did the. Uh, <laughs> he was going to build a gazebo. We heard his his uh, fun story of the gazebo exploding uh, for his build, but he he did an awesome one. And uh, I mean, everyone you know, did. Everyone Dan did. was telling us today that he was doing some kind of chemical process or whatever yeah, with the snow. Yeah, yeah. And he had nightmares with it and. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I kind of liked it. It was I liked down how the, the snow was hanging off the edge of the roof. And he was like, telling it, us you know how, how it gets all hard and clumpy on your roof, and it kind of, it just kind of hangs there, like when it and refreezes. Looked, yeah, 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 that's what it looked like to me. I loved it. I thought it had a really realistic look to it. He even has some sprinkled on the actual walls, on the clapboard walls. Yeah, like it blew you up there. Like what, yeah, like a blue on there. Yeah, and I, when I it's really one of those sweet. wet, like a wet, sticky snow. Yeah, yeah, that. And uh, I thought, you know, that. I mean, it was really tough. Cool. It was tough to choose. Um, yeah, it but was. we we did pick a winner, and anyone that participated actually got a five dollar Amazon gift card just for participating. So they can use that for whatever they yeah. want. And I, I think Dan Pugach was going to get some um, of those. Uh, what are those squaring blocks or ABC blocks? Yeah, yeah. Um, put it one, towards two, that. Three one, one, two, three, three, three blocks. One, two, three blocks. ABC. One, two, three. A B C. It's easy as one, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, anyways, we just thought A, B, it was hard to pick. One, two, it was really hard to pick, and we we decided that since everyone that we everyone had a good time, and everyone everyone that participated <clears throat> in the build, we threw them a little five dollar gift card uh, to Amazon, so you can get whatever you want. You need some toilet paper, you can get some toilet paper. You need a, a uh, one, two, three blocks, you can get some one, two, three blocks. I can't so, believe you sang that song. In you, we sang it in unison. Now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I'm looking, I'm looking over here at the other side of the room at my hockey equipment. I feel like putting it on and go hitting somebody now. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? At least we both thought it at the same time. Oh, so, man. I can't believe I sang that. Okay. Well, you can't. That's the old Jackson 5, young Michael. Yeah, man. You can't, I, like that. You can't, I like Michael Jackson. You can't be. You can't diss on young Michael. Like I'm that, I just can't believe I sang it. Like, <laughs> like I was, like I was twelve years old. Uh, anyways, all right. Well, let's move past that. Let's get into okay. some of our um, topics for the week. In fact, first yeah. we're, we're going to do our modeling bullhorn, our fine scale bullhorn. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Of the week. So the fine scale bullhorn is announcements from any of the manufacturers or really anybody. Uh, if it's a model builder or. Whoever. I haven't seen a lot of new stuff this week. Anybody just, in the hobby um, can submit to this right. either via our Facebook page. You can message us. You can um, also se- you can also so send us an a lot of brand new stuff, right? But, but yeah. you can also send us an email at podcast at hoscalecustoms dot com uh-huh. uh, if you want to submit anything to the modeling bullhorn. So we have a couple things this week. Um, the one, and it could be anything from a new kit, or even if you're a model builder and you have a new tip that you want to share with everybody. You can submit that as well. It doesn't have to necessarily be a new product. It's just any kind of announcement that you want uh, on the show. Right. And I have two of them. I don't know about you. Do you have any? Uh, if you don't have don't, any, it's fine. I, I don't have any other than one you you're going to talk about. But we were both we you know he's you know we were both told about this on together. So yeah, I'm going to do the same one you are. So you go ahead. Okay, uh, maybe you're not going to because um, uh, maybe maybe not. So <laughs> the first one I have is actually from FOS Scale Models, 
Oh. It is the no. announcement that he has now reopened the sale of his um, uh, pre-cut scratch build and kit bashing walls. Oh. Did you see that? Uh, no. You, you don't have, have to. It. Yeah. So, remember when Doug used to, or FS Gun Models, I'm sorry, Doug, the brand name. Uh, remember when they used to sell uh, Fos Scale Models, FS Scale Models, whatever, whatever you call it. You know what I'm, you know what we're talking about. Uh, remember when he yeah. was selling the pre-cut wall sections for scratch building? Yeah, yeah. You could get like the. Did he take them off the market? I don't know if they weren't available for some time, but he put an announcement up that let me find it here. Do do do. Actually, I have two from him, so uh, hang on. The other one's actually cool, and it's not about. It's it's a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit different. So. Uh, the first yeah. one is the scratch build walls. So hang on a second. I'm Damn, sp- our bullhorn sucks tonight. It's, uh, this is bad. All right. For scratch builders and kit bashers, our laser cut wall sections are available again. And w- I've actually considered buying them in the past and uh, never pulled the trigger on it. And I ended up buying a whole bunch of scale lumber that was already cut, uh, uncut so I could cut it on my own. Yeah. But he has the... Um, he has one story, two story, and even some really long, crazy pieces, a whole bunch of varieties on there. So if you're looking to do some scratch building, but you don't want to hand cut your own walls and your own window holes and everything out, uh, yeah. uh, Foscale Models has all of these pre-cut scratch building walls ready for you. And you can order a boatload of them right on now. there. You can really mix it up. They're cheap too, man. I mean, some of these wall sections are ninety nine yeah. cents a piece, seventy five cents, a buck seventy five for like a big, um, yeah. like eight window section, a dollar seventy five for one that has four windows and two big overhead doors. There's a giant clapboard wall section. It must have, I don't know, sixteen windows in it. It's huge. Um, yeah, two stories high. It's only three dollars or four dollars. I mean. That's right. a pretty cool thing if you're not ready to hand cut your own walls. Right. These already come right. late. They're laser cut. They're squared. You don't have to worry about squaring them up. And you just no. make sure you match the heights up and you can scratch build your own thing. Um, yeah. And you don't have to cut it. You can. So. Right. So for like 20 or well, 30, 20 or 30 bucks, you could build a hell of a structure with those, with those pieces. Oh, hell yeah. The combinations are endless with that. So you know, you could stack them on top of one another and multiply them, and oh, anything. Oh, I mean, yeah. You can make a long ass building. You can make you can literally make anything with that. And it, right. I, I just thought it was cool. Uh, it's something that I yeah. um, originally thought about before I got into scratch building and actually hand cutting my walls for some of the scratch built structures right. I've done. Um, right. But you know, I'm pretty lazy, so I might actually order some of these in the future when I'm ready to scratch build. I thought about too just now, <laughs> or even I think you didn't you order from them one other time. I did. I never. Those? I never ordered the hand cut walls. I mean, oh, okay. I mean the laser cut laser wall cut sections. Wall. Yeah, I, I oh, always okay. hand cut them. I wish I had. Okay. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I ended up buying that big stack of which I still right. have that giant stack of scale lumber, and yeah. uh, I, that that thing's gonna last me for three more years. I got like oh, I have. Yeah. I still have like eighteen more pieces of wall sections that aren't even cut. Just. Not wall sections, um, scale lumber aren't even cut. Now, oh, see, it even tell, even has the even on if you go to the website, yeah, it tells you the titchy windows. It tells you the titchy window size to buy. Yep, or he sells them. 
right there. So yeah. it saves you having to order from them. You can order everything from the same site. Order from right from him. Uh, one Correct. one cost uh, for shipping. Everything's in one package. You're ready to roll. Oh yeah, yeah. You can get you can do a whole scratch built structure right from right from that site there. So yeah, uh, and, and, and you know, I mean, if you wanted to order your Tootsie Windows from him, that'd be the wisest thing to do. If you have your own place, you get them. Dougie isn't well, going to give a shit one way or the other. No, but but you probably save uh, a little bit on shipping. You're buying those walls. You, you might save yeah. a little on shipping it, it, that it way. It makes total sense to do it that way. Yeah. So check that out. It's definitely a resource, even if you don't want to order a giant structure, and maybe you want. So what's what's really cool about these pieces here is if you have a kit you're doing, even if it's not a, a Foscale kit. If you have a kit, what? I just killed another freaking ant. <laughs> they're they're moving they're moving in on you, Dad. What's really cool about these these walls, though, is say you already have say you don't want to do a whole scratch built kit, right? Yeah. And you have a structure that's one or two stories or whatever, three stories high, it doesn't matter. Um, and you want to build like a little annex to that building. Yeah. Well, you can get on here and for ten bucks, and maybe a little shipping or whatever. So for fifteen dollars. You could order uh, three or four wall sections and make a little annex building off the side of whatever kit you're building right. and customize the kit that you have out of the box with a little side structure and boom, it doesn't even look like the original kit you had. So right. I thought that was pretty cool that he's cool. re-releasing that. So, so and what's yours? Now, well, he also from Foscale Models. Are you can do the auction? No. Oh, wow. Well, we got three then. Oh, dang. Um, we should we got have planned the, this out. He's got new HS scale metal detail parts. I did see that. Uh, added to his site. And um, I have ordered some of these already from him uh, so I can attest to them. They're awesome. Um, it's, you know, it's a pallets with the drums, metal, you know, uh, they're pallets clean. with drums and center blocks. And you have stacks of drums. And but you they're have clean the, castings. They are super clean castings. And uh, electrical meters on the boards that you can stick on the wall outside, oil pumps, um, fire hydrants, fire safety boxes and stuff are on the walls. They also have the fire call boxes, so it's like fire prevention week or something for Doug right now, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then you have uh, stacked metal drums that are in a different uh, formation seller bulkheads and it's something that a lot of people i still i have like six of them some i haven't like done i, I have a few too I got from jimmy dignan and uh you have some too I, I haven't done them yet yeah and i haven't done them and i'm gonna have to do them um because they there are so many structures especially in towns and cities right along the sides of sidewalks where they have seller bulkheads that you can you know drop down into definitely or behind the building um, that kind of thing. So, so that's, uh, I have one, I have one more for, uh, Foscale and then we're going to move on to the next one. Okay. And this one's a, this one's not going to benefit really Doug at all or Foscale at all. It's oh, something. By the way, those castings are relatively cheap. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Talking, you know, 325, 375. The highest priced thing here is 495 of the bulkheads, but you get two, the seller bulkheads, but you get two of them. Yeah. Oh no, and, and and the soda machines, and you get two of those. Uh huh. So I already did the I got soda machines from him before. Yeah. But anyway, he's right. he's, uh, he's re-releasing them. Well, the last one from him because we we spent a lot of time on him. I'm sure he won't mind, but I want to move on. Uh, is a okay. it's a shameless one for Doug, and it's a shameless one for us. It's something really cool that he's doing now, um, on a monthly basis. It is the uh, auction for one of his kits. 
that 100% of the sale goes to a charity every month. Right. And Doug doesn't, Doug and Foscale Models doesn't profit anything off of this. There's, there, you know, he's, he's, he's donating that, that, the sales of that, yeah, of that's that pretty kit cool. to that's a charity, cool. which if that's going to happen, I'm going to promote that every time from now on because yep. that's just something cool. And he always picks a animal related charity. It's called, uh, Foscale Models Charity for Animals. And right. it's just cool. So this month is, but the, he gives it to different ones. I noticed that he gave it to well, he, like an equine he's, one month. Yeah, he, then, he distributes it equally. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, last year in total, he raised over $1,500 to help various animal charities. So his yeah. goal this year Let is- Let go, Doug. His goal this year is to double that um, to help all of our four-legged friends in need. This month, for the first month of the year, is the Watcher Apartments kit on it's it's on eBay by the way. You got to go to eBay to get oh, these. Oh, that's one of the ones I like. To it's what I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But it's Watchers Apartment, and uh, the cause goes to the um, Paws and Stripes of New Mexico. So oh, it's a wow. good it's a good cause. It's a amazing cause, and it's on eBay. A hundred percent of the sale will go to that charity of each month's choosing this this month's being Paws and Stripes of New Mexico. So. Watcher Apartments is a monstrous building. It's kind of like the one you did before. It's the it's the it's the one. It's like the sis, like, it's like the sister building to the of, other. Of, yeah, of of the um, shoot, yeah, uh, that. Oh man, the I'm building theme not not theme streets. Um, no, it was. Um, I'm looking at it. I'm literally looking at it right now. The big white yeah. one. Yeah. Ah. Uh, well, I can't see this in front of it either. But yes, <laughs> it's a sister building to the other one. Right. We're we're not doing you, you any justice on that that kid. Or sorry, Doug. Yeah. But it's it's the the sister. Oh, kid hang on. Sister. I'm gonna put it down. Hang on a second. Yeah. It's written on the side of the building. I built it. That's what happens. What's the name when you of that older. thing? It's written on the side of the damn building. It's the, it's the, it's got the Metzger building. Metzger building, yes. Ah, yeah. Anyways, sorry, we had to go find it's, it. It's the sister to it. It's supposed to, <laughs> we, supposed to compliment that each was, other. That wasn't a proud moment of our podcast, by the way. No, no. <laughs> but um, I told and, I told him while you walked away that I, it's because I'm getting older. And I can't remember. I built the damn thing. I can't remember. And it was one of my favorite builds. Yeah, it was amazing. So, it was one anyways, of my favorite all-time builds was that one, and the one from. Well, I mean, I, I have a couple of them, but that one we've got a lot. The, yeah, I've done a lot. There's a lot of that's favorite builds. Favorite. Yeah, I'd have to put like there's a, my top five. That's when that was right there, man. So, um, anyways, that's it from the uh, announcements from Foscale Models. What what do you got? Right. What else do you have? Well, uh, I was gonna let you roll with that. Oh, with okay. One. From Ron. So but. we have the other one here. Oh, let me open up my messenger. Because I want to make sure I get it right. You know, if I announce somebody's thing, I'm not going to do it justice. I'm going to I'm gonna bungle it all up somehow. I know, I know. So, yeah. All right. The next announcement here is the Sunrise Warehouse from My Mount Models. Uh, so this one is from Ron Kleiss, who is a guest of our show and has pumped out now some a, a, a handful of awesome kits and this one is i think up there with the this one's up there it's up there with some good ones uh this one 
I, I feel like Ron really knocked it out of the park with the other ones he's done. And then Ron really knocked it out of the park again with this one. So my mount models, you can check it out on his Facebook page. It is the sunrise warehouse, a new craftsman kit structure available from my mount models. It is the fifth, my mount models kit from, from them. Uh, HO scale line side structure that can be utilized for a variety of rail served industries. The structure occupies an area of 10.5 by 8.5 inches, which includes all loading docks and stairs. Let me tell you, this thing is kick-ass. It's got, it is, man. It's I, got I, clapboard siding, laser-cut brick, and board and batten all in one. It's got shingle roof, uh, uh, like, a, like a seamed metal roofing. It's awesome. There's a whole it bunch is. of stairs. This is a cool kit. So I, I love the fact that... Um, it has. It's got that underneath, like garage door underneath the first story or whatever. Like you could almost build this into the side of a hill too. I love the decking on the outside, and it, like that you would have it loading docks and, and and such. But the upper and lower decking, it has a crane. Is that a crane? It looks like a crane. Yeah, uh, like yeah. A winch kind of. Yeah, it's like a winch with a beam coming out of the. Yeah, yeah. Top of the structure. That's awesome. Like it's how it's anchored to the roof. The roof is cool looking. I'm uh, telling it's you, a very very unique style roof with with uh, the round windows at the ends and then the the uh, the half crescent or moon C- crescent wound whatever that is. Yeah, those are that is awesome looking. The color scheme on it, of course, is whatever you want to make it. But the what he did was just made it. You know what I see that. You know what else I see that being able to do with that kit, Dad. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me there. Um, what the hell is that? I had I had a cough. I had the cough. So the cool uh, thing about you there. I am here. I'm oh yeah. Listening. So oh my bad. The cool thing about this kit is you put your lung back in your. Well, tent. I had to put my lung back in. Sorry. You know, when you cough up a lung, you got to put it back in. Anyways, the cool thing about this kit is, imagine this. Are you looking at the photo of it right now? I am right now. Okay. I'm at it. So, you know how, you spit out? do you know how my house is on a, like the at one end of my basement is exposed? Right? Right. Yes. So, you have a hard time hearing me right now. Yeah. You're like cutting in and out. I have my microphone. I have uh-huh. my microphone facing front. <laughs> okay, all right. We're gonna redo this. The one side of my basement is, is exposed. The garage door is out from underneath the the hill. You could almost build this right. side, this structure into the side of a hill and have the yellow part of the building on the back side be level with the ground and have the other side be exposed, like it's an exposed foundation with a garage door. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You could set that yeah. on a hill and build that into the side of a hill and it would look fantastic. You could do a lot of things with that. I but but you could definitely yeah. cut that. I'm thinking of where I have some hills here on our layout uh, where we could cut that into the side of a hill and have that sit perfectly and would it would look kick ass right where I I when I show you when you yeah, come I over like next, I know exactly where we could put something like that. But anyways, cool. It's a it's a neat looking kit. Um, you guys should go check it out. It's actually on his website now, so it's ready to go. Oh yeah, I, we saw him starting this at when we were over at Timonium um, at the show, mm-hmm. and he was getting he was just getting it started. 
in, in this design of it and showing it to us. And now I see the finished model, and it's really, really something. I love the fact that the br the um, the top is clapboard that sits on top of brick, and then the base of the brick is block wall or stone stack stack stone. I'm not sure what it is. I can't from this angle. Let me see. Oh yeah, I see Sorry, that. Gun. It's it's truly it's truly unique in that way. Um, I think it's it looks like some kind of stack stone or block. I love that. And then the other building, the the uh, adjacent building to it, the gray one, is Borden Batten, and it too sits on block foundation. And then it has uh, a neat um, wooden porch and a wooden dock in the front. Um, it, it is pretty cool. It is definitely pretty cool. I um, so, anyhow, that's uh, there's that's actually cool. so there's four. It's going to be out. It's out now. Yeah, right. There's four types of walls with that building. You have you have your block foundation. Yeah. You have your brick, board and batten, and clapboard. So I mean, you're getting a right a wide variety with that thing. <clears throat> All right, the so head on over to mindmapmodels.com if you want to check that out. It is up now. The last thing I have was also sent to us by Ron. So n not, it's the same Ron, but this is not about a product that he sells. This is a product that everyone can use to transfer signs onto walls. Um, he messaged us today. It is a announcement that he f uh, has been using Rust-Oleum or he's starting to experiment with Rust-Oleum photo transfer medium. And I'm guessing it's something kind of similar to Mod Podge or... Um, the, what's that, matte gel, what's that stuff, the, oh man, matte medium, matte medium, yeah, uh, probably similar to that, but, um, it is a photo, it is specific for photo transfer, and he sent us some photos of it, of what he was testing out, putting a sign on a wall, and it looks, it looks really awesome, so we're gonna have to, yeah, maybe pick some of that up and try that out, and it is to basically, transfer signs onto walls to make them look like they're hand-painted on their walls where you don't have to end up sanding the paper over and over and over and over again to get it super thin. So um, we might try to experiment with that a little bit, um, see how that works out. Um, but again, the product yeah. is called Rust-Oleum Photo Transfer. So hopefully you can find that in a store near you. Maybe pick that up and, and experiment with that a it little bit. It looks amazing. It does. It's all... it's, it makes a cool ghost sign. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it, it looks like it was actually painted right onto the bricks directly. So, yeah, I'm really I'm really impressed with it. And what did you just open? Um, a, a, a Sprite. <laughs> no, I opened a Nugget Nectar. Uh, okay. So, anyways, there you go. All right. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I read a weird comment on our page. I'm going to skip that. But anyways, let's move on. Do you have anything else from the bullhorn? No, I'm good. All right. Um, what, we need, what I need to say about the bullhorn, though, is, look, we're probably missing some stuff that just came out. Okay, it's Christmas time. Everybody's busy. Uh, a lot of the vendors are busy, and I know some. A lot of people probably aren't putting out new stuff right at 
during Christmas week and New Year's week. However, there is some, and, and there was some in the previous weeks that we had prior to Christmas, we probably missed. We're not, we're not purposely skipping out on anybody. If you got something, um, send it, send to, it us. to us. If you're a manufacturer and we're missing you, send it, send us a, send us a, a note or link or something so we can check it out and we'll talk about it. But you, you know, cause we can't scour the, I work for a living. So does Brett. So I can't sit there all day long and surf the net looking for new products all day while I'm trying to do my job at my desk. So, you know, throw it, throw it at us. I mean, help us out here. Give us a bone and we'll give you one. So, yeah, that didn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> throw us a bone and we'll okay. give you one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, just so, email us know, at, that's, email that's us at podcast, com or send us a message on our Facebook page right. and we'll get your send announcement it. into our bullhorn. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, let's jump into the next segment. Yeah. So, you wanted to talk about some scenery, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been... I was doing more scenery on this uh, Baxter's or Seagull's, which is, by the way, done now. The built, the, the, the All the structures are done. All the detail work is done with the castings and whatnot. Um, I spent the evening working on a telephone pole last night with the lines. I don't know if you saw the pictures of that, Brett, but I did. It was uh, incredible. Telephone lines. It's insane. It took me, took me all evening. Um, because it's just thread going from building to the pole. And uh, the way that this casting is from George Selyus is, uh, uh, FSM, um, kit. It, we have to run the thread the way he has it running is you have smaller threads connecting the larger threads or longer threads, uh, the main wires with smaller wires connected to them. It's, it's, it's crazy stuff and they can't, they can't be like they, they connect, but they don't touch with the other wires. It's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. And, uh, but anyways, I did that. And uh, after I about pulled all my hair out of my head doing it, but it turned out nice. Um, so all the detail castings are done. Everything's done on it. So I've been working with some scenery uh, to get it wrapped up and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I have trees and bushes and grass and things. But I've been working with some different um, – as you know, with any of the FSM kits or any of the FSM or fine – not just the fine scale model kits, but a lot of his kits are on his Franklin South Manchester. If you've seen the scenery around them when he built them, that you go from a lot of times on photos, which is what I did a lot. Um, there's no static grass. Um, he doesn't use static grass on his. It's all ground foam, and um, you know, like scenic woodland scenics ground foam and that kind of thing, or whatever he used at the at the time when he made it. Um, but, uh, the way he places it, it makes it look all natural and makes it look like real grass. I took it a different, to a different degree. Um, when I did this, I did a little differently. I added the ground foam in little spotty areas, the very fine ground foam. Okay. Not super fine. Um, it's not, not fine. I guess it would be, it's coarse, coarse turf, but it's very, 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 lightweight and it's not real bulky they they make several several different kinds 
Um, this one here I use as a very light um, coarse ground or coarse turf. And I smush it down. I put I, I use direct uh, – no – no water mix on this. Okay. Right. No, no, this is a hundred percent glue. And I just take white glue or my tacky glue. I like using tacky glue and I spread it to where I want the little spots and I just press it in and then I press it and I press down on it hard with my finger and it makes it real low to the ground, but it looks like it has some texture to it because it comes up just a little bit. It's, it's foam after all it rebounds. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. By that, yeah. Okay, so once that dries and everything, it looks good the way it is, but and, and it looks like real grass to a degree. Um, so what I did then though was I wanted to give it some um, extra, a different kind of texture added to it on top. So what I did was I took a um, one of those little plastic uh, um, syringe type things that I have. Um, Oh, shoot. What are those called? I got them by the hundreds. Anyway, it's like an eyedropper. Yeah. Okay. A pipette. And, pipette. Yeah. And I take my pipette and I take my white glue, watery water glue mix and um, that I use for scenery. And I put it on top of just kind of soaked a little bit of it into each one of those grass tufts uh, from the coarse turf, from the turf, the ground foam. Right. Okay. And I soaked the top of it. And then I took my static grass in the very, the very short static grass, you know, like the two millimeter grass and, uh, sprinkled it on top lightly. Um, and then shook it off the excess off and it gave it, it's like foam with grass tufts on top, short grass tufts. And it turned out awesome i love the look it gives it a different depth um when, when i'm staring at it right now so i turn my face away from the mic so if i if you lost me for a second i was staring at it to get a visual there you go. but um but it's something new i started doing you know um also um adding bushes i found a new product i got it today and i'm going to be working with it tonight a little bit after we're done and tomorrow night um it is now, of course, I'm using the coarse turf, but then I bought this stuff. Uh, I just got it from, um, this is from, uh, shoot, uh, Scenic Express. It's called Flock and Turf, Light Super Turf. It's Super Turf. Okay. And it's, it's, it's a foam based thing. But it's a mix of foam and it's got um, foam tufts and static flocks mixed. And it's very unique texture when you hold it in your hand. I'm opening a bag now so I can describe it. It's, it's, very, it's very coarse, but it's a lot like the foam that I just described. It's a little stiffer. But it's got more of a natural look to it like a plant like life material and you get a ton of it the coloring is fabulous it's a little more open celled than your than your normal um um woodland scenic type turf mm-hmm. they both they're both very good in their own right i think mixing them together is going to be give it a really unique look um having different types of foam turfs on 
uh, from different manufacturers and mixing the colors so they blend in together real nice. And this is real nice because it goes a real long way. And it's not like your your normal turf that you put down that lays flat. This has got extra bounce to it, a little more depth and height to it. Not It's not super high. You can build it up as high as you want by putting more and more glue on and, and making larger bushes. And and uh, But it's really neat. Um, and the way to order that, by the way, there's two ways to order. You can get it in a plastic shaker box, mm-hmm. okay, and you'll get – um, 32, they say 32 ounces, but what you end up with is, is if you pay, if you pay, um, it's nine ninety nine for the shaker, 32 ounce shaker. Okay. Plastic shaker box. It's like uh, the grated cheese shaker and you shake it. You know what I mean? Well, if you get the paper bag, they call the eco pack. Um, you get for the same nine ninety nine, you get 50% more, you get 48 ounces of this stuff. Right, and it'll. I'm telling you, I got three bags, three different colors of green to try it out, and we're gonna have enough of this stuff to do our entire layout. I mean, this is really, really. It goes cool. a long way. It goes a long way, and it's very, very natural looking. I'm really looking forward to putting it on there. Um, but I'm saying, mix it up, man. Put the put the goofy stuff all together. Don't like put a bright green and a dark green next to right. each other. You got to blend it a little. It's got to blend. It's got to be blended. Yeah. You also have um, to make sure um, that when you're, and this will hit on a question that I saw in the um, patron questions for the week. You got to make sure you, that you're creating a scene that's not so crazy different. Yeah. Um, from the theme of the rest of your layout. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to create a section. So, so for us, it's a little different because we're doing um, two of us are working on one layout. Most of you are working solo on a single layout, right? Uh, but this also will apply to people who are doing like a modular, uh, like with a club, doing a modular uh, right. display. You don't, you can't do something that's so dissimilar from everyone else or everything else in your layout that when. When you so for your instance, you can't you can't do something, and you know our general color scheme. Yeah, you can't do something that's so weird and off off base from what we're doing over here in my basement. That when you place it on the layout, we're gonna have to we can't blend it. You know what I mean? No, no. You have to be able I mean, to blend it. We're going for more of a spring in the summer type look. Okay, um, yeah, like mid spring, early summer kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but May, June, had, May and June kind of look. Right. So I can't use the fall colors. No. Google. But, I love but, the fall colors. But hang on. That doesn't mean you can't do some like dead leaves and stuff in some areas because no, no. even in the spring and summer, if, if, if there's an area that leaves weren't collected or raked up, right. you'd still have some dead leaves piled up and stuff. Right. And um, you still have red there's still trees out there to have red leaves. My front yard has a red yeah. leaf, has a red right. tree in the summer. Exactly. So, you know, that's not out of the question. I'm not saying that that is. Right, right. But No, um, but but I but I know what you mean. So, you can't do something that's so like uh crazy looking that you can't blend it in later. Right. You don't want to mix like bright green for the <laughs> yeah. spring. Spring bright spring green. Like that first and, the and, first time you then, mow your grass kind of green. Right, and then fall dead grass. You, know? <laughs> yeah, you can't put them next to each other. It's going to look bad. Uh, I wonder uh, if anyone's ever done a diorama of like a that that mid-August burnt yard look. 
Yeah, well, I, I'm sure they have. I mean, I I could do it. I got the I got that. It's straw. It's called straw. Yeah. It's got that that dead yeah. grass. It's color. like what my yard looks like after our after my summer party. Yeah, that's for the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we we put that. Um, actually, I use it. Um, in in any time of year, you can mix it with your greens. So you only put a little bit in when you're doing static grass. Right. You put your you could put a bright green in and have like let's say it's spring. Well, you have some of that dead grass from the winter that hasn't really come back to life yet. Okay. And then you have the nice green spring grass and they kind of blend and you kind of mix a little bit into that mixture in your static grass applicator into the base and into the, the distributor bin of it and uh, shake it up real good. So it blends in real well and shake it. That's what I did here on this. I mean, that I, and that's the thing. Everybody says, Oh, you, well, I use static grass. Well, I use ground foam. I use static grass. We use so both. I don't use, um, yeah, we use both. Mix them together. You know what? I think know? it makes a kick-ass looking scene because I did ground foam and static grass around the um, – yeah. and you did it too. So we have two sections of the layout that have that done completely. Uh, yeah. What you did around the lumber the lumber mill. Right. And what I did around Sasson is a hybrid of both static grass and uh-huh. um, the ground foam. Right, and I think it, it looks out awesome. It looks awesome, and and that's two dip. So that's a scene that was done a whole year different. So you did that a year ago, mm-hmm. and I finished that up about a month ago. Right. So that's two scenes and done a, well. done a year apart by two different people, and we blended it almost pretty pretty seamlessly. Yeah. I think. It, I mean, I think they work together right where right. they are. Right. Um, you know, they're a little different, but they they they. They don't. There's not. Yeah, but, they're not so different that the eye is going to pick up on it and go, right. "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute, what's that?" Um, you Your know, next looks, door neighbor has different grasses and different. <laughs> well, that's a whole different, different story now. That's a whole. everybody. Everybody does. Well, let me tell you my a little story about has that. Different grasses. Yeah, go ahead. My neighbor um, fertilizes, mows, rakes, and aerates his yard yeah. daily, yeah. all spring and summer. I mow my grass when I have time, and I don't do any of the other things. So that's the reason so the our yards look different. Looks beautiful. It looks beautiful until July, and then it yeah. then it looks like it then it looks like a one of those rugs you scrape your feet on when you walk in the door of your front yard. <laughs> <laughs> it just turns yellow brown. <laughs> so, you know what I'm talking about? Those straw rugs yeah. you or those yeah. those rough rugs you scrape your boots on or your right, shoes on. Right. Yeah. Oof, oof. Uh, foot mat. Yeah, that's yeah. what my yard looks like about mid July. So, <laughs> but my neighbor's yard looks like a golf course. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, but but you can't do that in, in a layout. No, you you would that. look weird. No, I get that. But I'm saying that they he'll have different trees than what you have, and yeah. You know, so I mean, this is this yeah. Is I mean, not, if you're if you're in North America, it's pretty safe yeah. to say that, especially from like couple, probably mid mid twentieth yeah. mid twentieth. What would you say? Like mid twentieth century on. Yeah. If you're doing any kind of city or residential area, it's safe to say that it's it's possible or very 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 possible that your neighbor or a neighbor in your yard in your in your area would have a whole different landscape than what you have or right. a, one business would have a different type of tree than the other business out front. Right. Um yeah. you know, it's not necessarily uh, it doesn't have to be 100% uniform. You don't have to have the same trees across your whole layout. Right. Um yeah. 
So you can have an oak tree or a, and then a pine tree right beside it or whatever. It doesn't have to be extremely uniform. No, it definitely mix it up. So it also depends on the type of building or structure you're putting down. So right. if you're going to do an industrial – so we have two industrial buildings right beside each other, right? Yeah. You have a lumber mill and you have a vinegar plant right beside each other. Right. I'm just using that as an example because it's right in front of my eyes. Right. My vinegar plant doesn't have as much like industrial – like it wouldn't have as much equipment or trucking driving around on the front lawn or the area, the, the, the ground beside it to load and unload logs like the – or to load and unload material like the, like the lumber mill would. Right, right. So a vinegar plant has – the way I built it has a giant cement pad to unload and load materials. It also has a gate and a big driveway. Well, right. a lumber yard out where we have it kind of in a rural area – it's yeah. a little bit more dirt. It's a, like it's a lot of dirt and yeah. and push down turf because sure. you'd have a lot of things moving around on that grass. It wouldn't be as high. It wouldn't it wouldn't look as um, kept, you know. Right. So you gotta you gotta vary the types of terrain also to the business and the activity that would be happening around it. Yep. Yep. And make it and, and that goes not just for the greens, the dirt. Yeah. Okay, just because I have, we use the same kind of dirt on our layout. We doesn't have, mean we're, it has we're trying to look the same. No, but we have a consistent color. That's the only thing that's consistent about it. Well, and, and you know what though? It's okay to make that darker and lighter in shade uh, in certain areas. Even on this one here, I have I, I mixed in a little bit of pigment into some of the dirt and, right. and just kind of stained it. Or you can take some, you can make a stain. Uh, like a darker brown stain and stain little edges along the uh, along the curbs and things like that to a different shade to give it a different shade. Yeah, and I mean if it's used differently, if there's trucks driving on it, right? If it's a dirt road, yeah, then it's going to have a different wear pattern and a different coloring than if it's just a right. dirt patch where people are walking. Right. Make it look subtle. It's got to be subtle. The other thing know? I like to do here's another little thing. Um, if you have a building that's predominantly surrounded by grass. Uh, I like to sprinkle some dirt around the edge of the foundation mm-hmm. because nothing bothers me more than when I look at what – and it's not – don't get me wrong. A lot of people do what I'm doing and I picked up on how it looks – how it makes it look better. But I don't like when I put a building down and it – the grass goes right up to the edge of the foundation. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, even, if, even if the building – Who has, does that? How do you cut that? You can't. You gotta have a weed whacker. Got a weed, weed whacker, but you know we're doing 1930s and 40s. Right, right. We didn't have weed whackers. <laughs> so somebody but, had to get down on their knees and pick that shit out. But but if it's a house, it's one thing, right? Because right. you could manicure. Even I would I would argue even in the 30s and 40s, you could manicure the edge of a house because it's a small it's building. It. Sure. But if you have a large uh, if you have a large industrial building and it's sitting near some grass, I try to put to scale like a foot or two of um. Like yeah. a mixed, a mixed grass and dirt edge around the building. Yeah. For two reasons. One, I think it look it makes it look. I just like the way, it, the way it looks. Right. Right. The other thing I like is, or well, the other thing I, I I think about is when I was starting out in my professional career, right, out of school. Not even a professional career, because well, it, it wasn't going prof- to school. What's that? 
You were in college, so yeah, go ahead. Well, no, but after when I was working over at the the yeah, heating and cooling company, right? Um, they had a giant warehouse building, and around the edge of the building, yeah, the grass kind of went up to the edge, but on a giant warehouse building with it just a sloped roof, around the edges where the water and rain dripped, there was like a foot barrier around the edge where the grass, where there was not a macadam going up to the edge of it, right? Right. Wherever there was grass touching the edge of the building or, or, or just dirt touching the edge of the building, where the drip, the drip edge that goes around the overhang. Yeah. From there in, it was all, it was all dirt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I never, I very rarely saw large industrial buildings when I was working in that industry construction that had, uh, that had grass right to the edge unless it was a perfectly, uh, landscaped and professional, professionally landscaped building where they were like an trimming. industrial park or something like if that. If it was yeah. an industrial park, they weren't landscaping right to the edge. It was always no. a barrier of some sort. Right. Whether right. it was stone, like they would lay down, um, like river rock or some crushed limestone around the edge of the building. Or they paved it right up to or the they edge. Paved, well, if they paved it, you don't have to worry about it. You could just run your right. road or your sidewalk right. or whatever right to the edge. But what I'm talking about is where the earth met the building. There was yeah. always either like a limestone or crushed river rock border or dirt from where the drip edge of the building was. Right. So um, I very rarely ever remember seeing in commercial construction like grass right on the edge of the building. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and That's that, good to go. What's that? That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, it's just something cool that I do. Um, yeah. You don't have to do that. But on the edges, even if it's only like an, an eighth of an inch wide. And I, what I'll do is I'll put a piece of paper or a piece of cardboard right on the edge of the building, but I'll leave about an eighth of an inch buffer between the building and the grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll sprinkle my dirt in by hand yeah. and using that piece of cardboard as like a, a guide. Yeah. And I'll right. just put a tiny little barrier between the building and the grass. Uh, it just separates that landscaping between the edge of the foundation and the grass. So I think it makes it look better. Not everybody has to do that. But I like the way it looks. So, also today, for our Grassmaster by Knock. Oh, yeah. Um, I got the bottle. I, mean, I haven't tried it yet. I'm it's a nozzle, it right? It's a nozzle. Yeah, it's a nozzle. I, I don't know why I said funnel. Um, you attach it to the top, and, it, and uh, it's, a, it's an extra attachment. And it, it screws onto the top just like uh, the normal top does. But it has a – it has the um, – Graded, a graded filler on the inside of it, and then so, so the stuff can fall down through in little holes, and it comes through measured, so you're not overly doing it, you know? Right. And then um, it has a, a point, it comes down to a more narrow nozzle, in other words. Um, so you can direct your static grass in small, tinier, smaller areas, and uh, you get less mess covering covering the ground that you want to cover you're going to get less mess and less waste supposedly mm-hmm. we're going to find out i'm going to try it out because i wanted to give it a shot it's made by knock i got that also from uh, scenic express whenever i ordered my other stuff so i had it all come together but um yeah so we're going to give that nozzle a try i'm going to let that i'm going to give that a shot either tonight or tomorrow uh for the first time and is see that well that allow you to do a little bit more preci- precision work Right, um, precision work over small. How small like, is the nozzle? I already have like the nozzle top, um, the opening at the top is 
three quarters of an inch across. Oh my gosh, that's like, yeah, <laughs> that's night Four and day inch. compared to what we had. Quarters of an inch. Hold on here, let me measure. Do they have any? Do they have any smaller nozzles? Yeah, three quarters. Huh? Did they no. go any smaller? So it's only no. three quarters. Okay, but still, yeah, we got three quarters. Pretty good, man. Compared to the um, whatever four, three inch wide, inch <laughs> through that gaping hole that was before. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's amazing. Right, right, exactly. So now you're getting to you're getting to direct it right where you want it. Now, in small, it, it the other way is great too when you're trying to cover a large amount of area. I mean, yeah, if you're doing a lot of if you're doing a lot of real estate, that that makes right. sense. Exactly, but this here. Now, if I'm doing like around the edges of a building or around the edge of a driveway and they put little small globs of glue down in different spots, mm-hmm. um, I can eat, nail each one of those real quickly and then move on and not have a ton of waste all over the place. Right, right. You know, yeah, you're going to save a lot more. Because yeah. um, the problem is, I don't know how you are, but I know how I am. When I'm doing a small area and I have to like, what I would do, what I would do in the past is mask off. Um, yeah. An area, and then all that waste—I never threw it back in. I would just throw it out. Oh man, I save it. Uh, well, no, but oh, okay, I get back. Well, it goes back to me. If it, if it looks good, as long as I go. Well, no, 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 no. I should I should resave. I should re re restate what I said. If it has like other things mixed in it, which it often happened. Yeah, yeah, like when, dirt and when shit you're like working. Yeah, yeah, but so when I'm working on the layout here, it's easy. Yeah. For dirt and like foam and stuff to get mixed into right, it, right, right, because I got a larger area. There's a lot more going on down here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if I'm working like along an area that has dirt and whatever, and I got to sweep that up, I would always pick up other things, right, and that wouldn't inhibit me from reusing it because, uh, or prohibit me from reusing it because it would. I knew there'd be like other junk in it. It wouldn't work as well. So, uh, that well, let's nozzle go to our questions. Oh, sorry. You well, I was, gonna, I was just going to say that nozzle will end up saving us once we work down here with it uh, yeah. a lot more static grass in the in the long run because we won't be wasting as quite as much or oh, ne- nearly as much. And we're going to be able to pinpoint where we want it and get very creative and artistic with where we want to put this stuff. So, um, I'm in. I'm impressed in that. So we'll see. Um, oh, like I said we're going to see how it works. Yeah, so let's do our patron questions of the week. Um, before yeah, we do our patron, qu- well, we, before we do our patron questions. Wow, I only put that up like an hour and a half ago. I know, and we got thirteen questions. Holy so, cow. before we, before we do our questions, we have some unfinished business to take care of. Um, I want to thank a bunch of people here before we start. So we had a busy, busy couple weeks on patreon actually one week on patreon um mm-hmm. since our last episode i want to thank uh, i'm really gonna mess this up and i sincerely apologize i really sincerely apologize it's <laughs> you guys don't make this easy for me i i swear vahavo v h u h W-A-V-H-O. Vahavo? I'm sorry. I really apologize no, for this one. I, I don't know. It sounds good to me. Vahavo Scale Modeler. I mean, thank you. Be able to nail them all. We appreciate well, you. That one's thank really... You so I, much. I, we appreciate that, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I know I butchered your name, but 
I, honestly, yeah, I appreciate your Patreon uh, membership. Uh, the next Do us one, a favor and send us a message. Tell me how you pronounce your name. Because <laughs> I feel bad. And we'll redo it next week. Um, yeah. The, the next one is. Thank you for your patronage. Uh, from Brendan. Also, Scott Perry. Uh, I know he was already a patron, but I just want to send an extra thanks to you. And you know why I don't need to get into that. We won't talk about that. Uh, and in addition to those guys, I want to thank Rob Chatton for becoming a new patron actually just yesterday so thanks a lot guys we appreciate your patronage and now we're going to jump into our patron questions of the week also for any of you new patrons patronizing me i'm patronizing you damn it (laughs) for any of our new patrons that are out there any of our new patrons that are out there who are not part of our uh overtime at the bench facebook page there is a link in the email when you when you join our patreon that uh, you can click in order to ask for the approval to be added to our our members only, our patrons only uh, group. If you're not in that already and you want to be added to that, overtime, our overtime at the bench Facebook group. If you're not already in that, check your email for that link or go to overtime at the bench on Facebook. Search that and then ask to ask to join the group and I'll approve you guys. Um, if you've already become a patron and you're not already part of that group, cause it's a lot of fun and I don't want you guys to miss out on our weekly topic, uh, questions when we ask everyone for topics for our weekly podcasts. So anyways, thanks a lot guys for becoming our new patrons or like in Scott's case, um, upping your patronage. So that was an awesome help Scott and also a big thanks to our new patrons. So let's jump into our patron questions of the week. Here we go. You ready for them? You want me to read them? You, you want to read them? I always read them, so it's your turn. I always okay. do that. I'm, I'm excited uh, for you to from, read them. From our friend Lynn McCurdy. Ooh. He says, hey, of course he's the first one, <laughs> but he says, and we're, we're talking about scenery a little bit today, and that's what I told him. Uh, he says, how often do you use natural plants and elements, a.k.a. dirt, rocks, and such? That's a good question. It is. Um, I have some. We use we use all natural dirt on our layout, but I have all natural. A couple of things. I just I have a couple like weeds and stuff that grow and dry out in my yard, and uh, especially at the end of fall, and I'll pick them and they get all dry and good. You know, they look like nice twigs. Yeah, and have leaves and junk on them. And we also and have. I'll that- pick a couple of those things. I don't know what. It's called, and I'll use that. We also have that sagebrush um, that Lynn sent us. We got to work with, right? Right. That also natural leaves in the fall. I'll take I'll take leaves and uh, real leaves, and I'll grind them up um, in a little food processor <coughs> thing I have. I'll grind them up into little itty bitty tiny chipped up leaves, uh, you, skill size. I, I have a pile of them down and here, by the way. You can sprinkle them around. Yeah, you can sprinkle them around in the corners and uh, on, on on roof top, like flat roofs with a yeah. with a. You got to get creative. You got to get creative. You got to get creative with it. Yeah, you can pile like, them up in corners and. You know, if you think yeah. about when when leaves fall and the wind blows the leaves around, where's the leaf? Yeah. Where are the leaves going to get stuck? And everyone has that problem around their house, or you see it around right. when where leaves kind of yeah. pile up along fencing stuff right. like that. And, yeah. 
And if you're if you're doing a rustic area, I mean, they're not raking those leaves up. They're going to be there in the winter, in the in the spring, in the fall. Uh, in well, not fall. Of course, they're going to be there in the fall. They're going to be there in the spring and summer, and uh, you know maybe less of them because they the de- de- you know they dried out and fallen apart. But you'll still find some leaves and stuff that are even in the woods and things on the floor beds of woods, um, on the floor of the woods, um, floor beds of the woods. What the hell is that? <laughs> and but uh, let's the forest, say you have a real the forest tree, floor. Okay. Right. Even like, let's say you have like a tree in the spring or summer. Um, just because it's spring or summer doesn't mean that it's not going to lose leaves. Now it's not or it could be dead leaves. But let's say in a storm, or it could be dead. Yeah, that's true. Don't forget um, about that. Then you can sprinkle some dried leaves on right dead trees. Yeah. Um, but even live, even live trees, even um, trees that are not dead, uh, that ha- that are green. Um, don't put a lot of them, but you can put a couple leaves on the ground around those trees. Yeah. Uh, the green leaves and things. If you have green leaves, uh, because, um, storms and stuff knock leaves off and not and, even just that. Know, they just fall. Have green Sometimes they just fall. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, doesn't even have right. to be a storm. Leaves just fall from trees. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. some other things I've used, real, um, I use real rocks actually, um, I've used real rocks for a breaker wall in our wharf. Mm-hmm. Um, I've went out to my driveway yeah. and in the spring. So I'm sure this is not uncommon in the North American, in North America, at least is um, our local municipality will sprinkle salt and cinders on our road when it snows in the winter. So, the cinders is just cr- basically crushed up, really crushed, f- small crushed up limestone. It's just gray limestone. And um, right. it doesn't do anything to melt the snow. It just adds traction, right? Well, right. where I – you know how my driveway is. It's like my driveway is like a catch-all for that bullshit. And when it rains or whatever, or snow yeah. melts, all that water rushes into my driveway and across into the, into the stream across my – on the edge of my property. And – my driveway has all right, so you get all kinds of little stones. all that limestone. So when the salt melts away, it's gone. It's washed into the creek and into your drinking water. Um, the the limestone pebbles are left over. And in the spring, if I need to do anything with walls that I need a limestone look for, I'll just go out there with a shovel, scoop up some some of those pebbles, and now I got a whole bin or a whole jar full of crushed limestone it's real small and it's actually to scale right. if you're going to be doing like a, a breaker wall yep. or a seawall i've used that plenty of times yep and it looks awesome because it's already if it's natural it's, it's already weathered natural, use it if you if you can make it yeah. i don't even have to weather that wall it's already weathered rocks. i mean anything you can yeah oh the other thing is that that japanese maple tree i have out in the front yard that the, the the twigs on the very end of it are really small and ornate but to our scale uh-huh. It works as a regular sized tree, so uh, I've snapped some of them off and used those as actual like downfall and stuff because it, it it's to scale. So, right, yeah, anything natural that you can use that's to scale and you can use your imagination for, go out and use it because it's free. It's out in your backyard. Um, what's our next right. question? Well, from Howie. All right, we have hey Howie, have you guys? 
I want to I want to say something real quick, Hallie. Yes. I'm sorry to both of our teams, and then you can move on. <laughs> both of our okay. football teams, Hallie, just shit the bed for the playoffs. So, yeah. Have you guys used foam to make hills and tunnels? We have. If so, any pointers would be welcome. So yeah, we use um we've used we use the foam extruded for foam. Right. Uh, extruded foam completely makes our hills and our tunnels. My, we just stack it. And what we, you know, my tip is the is to just get a good box cutter, not a little box cutter like the not the box cutter that only has like a triangle edge that looks like a pocket knife. You know what I'm talking about? Not that kind. Get a box cutter that has the slide out that has a longer blade and just start shaving yeah. away sections of it s- slowly to shape your hill. Um, right, but you had to stack it first. You, you have, have to stack, stack it. it, yeah. And we used liquid nails in between. Yes. We stacked it. We put liquid nails in between to make sure it's you know stacked up. And you can stack it in any formation you want. Cuts bigger to smaller. Cut weird shapes out. Everything. Different areas. You get different. Yeah. And, and yeah. then and then carve it with that with that knife that Brett's well, telling you about. And after I've carved and, it, uh, so it's I carve easy it. To shave it shape. I, I carve it to get the rough shape, right? And then yeah. once I get the rough shape down, to before I apply any kind of ground. Before I apply any kind of, um, I get it usually like a ground-based paint, and you've done this too, I'm sure. I get a like a dark brown or a brown earth, an earth-colored paint, paint, acrylic paint, and I paint. Right. Well, before I even paint it, I sand it. So I, I cut it with the box cutter, right. right? Get the rough shape that I want. Then I'll take a piece of uh, a square of like. What's a what's a rougher than two twenty? Rougher than two twenty is a lower number, like a one. I don't even know. One eighty. One eighty grit uh, sandpaper. A rougher grit sandpaper. One hundred. Rougher than one. Tw- rougher than right. two twenty. And I'll right. sand the foam down from what I've roughly cut it out with the box cutter to smooth yeah. out any weird. Lines, because inevitably with a box cutter, you're gonna you're gonna get some lines. It's gonna happen. Um, right. So in the areas that I want it to be steeper, I'll smooth it down roughly, and I'll get back to that in a second. In the areas that I want it to be smoother and landscaped with like dirt or grass, I'll sand that even more, and I'll put that. I'll I'll get that down to where it's just like really smooth looking where we, when, when you look at it, even without any ground covering or any f- ground foam that it's, uh, it makes sense to the eye to be a rolling hill or something. Now, when I go back, the areas that are steeper, say you have a steep drop off and you want some rocks there. I won't spend as much time right. sanding that a hundred percent smooth because you don't have to, you're going to cover that up with either your plaster pairs or your hydrocal rocks, whatever you make. You don't have to have that a hundred percent smooth. It right. just has to be, has to be rough enough and smooth enough to accept the rocks and to hold that shape, right? Now, once right. it's all smooth and you have it smoothed down with the sandpaper, so you've cut it with a box cutter, you've smoothed it with the sandpaper, um, before you do any painting, you'll want to get a shop vac or a vacuum cleaner or whatever. Suck up all that weird green, like, <laughs> it's not like the foam you get from the other white foam that's got all the balls everywhere. You want to yeah. shop back up all that really fine. Not that bad. You want to shop back that dust up though. 
Get all that it's dust like, away from like your dust, phone. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get that all. It's really easy to sand, by the way. It, it, that stuff sands really quickly. Yeah. But you want to make sure you. You, and it's easy to vacuum up. It's it is not, easy to it's vacuum up. It's not like up. the white bead shit. Well, and recently yeah. I, I, I've, I've discovered something else that I've done to help it past vacuuming. So what I've discovered is even when you sand it and you vacuum it, there's still a little really fine film of like foam dust on it. Yeah, like a residue. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. It doesn't – the vacuum doesn't get it all up. And when I would paint it, as I was painting, I would notice a buildup of it in my paintbrush. So what I started to do was – Yeah, it rolls um, into your paper. Yeah. yeah, I see that. What I've done – even after you vacuum, it does it. So what I've started to do is um, get a – I have I have shop towels down here, the blue shop towels you can get at Lowe's. They're cheap. Right, right. They're cheap and they're sturdy paper towels basically. Um, what I'll do is I'll get a wet shop towel and I'll run it – after I vacuumed it, I'll, I'll dab the area. And when you look at what you've dabbed up or rubbed over – picks up so much more dust than you thought was even there after you shop vacuumed it. Um, it. It just picks up that really fine dust that doesn't necessarily get picked up with the shop vac because that wet towel is now picking right. up really fine dust. So then when you go back over it and you paint it, you're not getting that weird buildup after three or four strokes and you're noticing like globs of weird dusty paint in your, in your, in your ground covering. Like, I don't notice that anymore. So now what I do, once I shop vac it, I get a wet shop towel, dab the area, wait for that to dry, and then I come back with my – what's that? Let me look for it. Uh, Premier, Premier Acrylic Colors. You gave that to me. Uh, it's a big tube. It's like a squeeze tube. It looks like a big toothpaste tube. Of acrylic paint, but it's right, raw. I got that from watching Dave Furry do yeah. some of his scenery. Raw yeah. umber. It's a dark brown. That? Dark brown acrylic paint. It's yeah, called it's, it's, like, it's like school grade school grade acrylic. It's yeah, cheap. Premier Acrylic Colors. You can get it at Michaels. You can get it at a lot of craft stores. It's not expensive, but it right, lays right. an awesome uh-uh. base coat down. So you won't have any weird green or pink yeah. or blue foam exposed. You won't have to worry about any of that. So right. I'll paint that on. Let that dry. What color? And what color was that? Raw umber. That's what I have. Brown. Raw yeah, dark. Umber, yeah. It's like a dark brown. Any kind of dark brown or light brown covering right, right. is fine. Yeah, as long as it's earth color, earth tone. Yeah, yeah, it's an earth tone color. You're good. But um, so that's how I prepare right, the right. area. Is yours any different? No, I, I do the same thing. I you can use the you can use that. It's a great to use that school grade paint or whatever that is. You know, the premier. It's a cheaper. It's cheaper in the tube, and you're just going to paint under. And most of it's going to get covered anyway. It's, it's just to hide the film. Right. 99.9%. Um, you, you can also use – holy shit. Let what? me finish. Well, I was, I was just going to say 99% uh, of the area that you're going to paint is going to be covered anyways. Right. You can also use latex paint, like uh, like a brown latex paint that we, you would get at like – my. Um, Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that, or you know, uh, True Temper or whatever, wherever you go to get your hardware or your where they sell paint, right? And and you can use that latex as well. You don't have to be. It doesn't. Have, the, the the advantage of latex would be is that it's not as water when it dries. It's not as water soluble. Um, so if you're mixing, uh, if you're using the white water glue mix, it may not take up some. It you know, it's not going to come up. You know, it's not going to come up off your 
off your foam. Uh, if you put too much water on something you use acrylic on, it's water-based. It's it's not likely, but if you use too much and you push or you put too much work into it, you can end up rubbing some of that paint out, and then you'll right. see the green exposure. Right. But uh, yeah, so the, but the but the acrylic is also awesome. It's awesome to use, and that's what we've been using. Uh, I'm just saying that you, we've also used latex paint as well. Well, and sometimes you and can that get also the, works, so. the not a gallon, but the the quart. Is it a quart? Yeah. I think it's a quart of paint. Sometimes you can get the uh, yeah. just a smaller quart of paint mixed with a dark brown and end up saving yeah. a lot more money because you're going to get way more coverage with that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like yeah, exactly. you're going to cover a lot more area for probably a cheaper price with a, 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 a contractor-grade type uh, latex paint. Right. So now if you have um, – uh, he said about tunnels. Same deal. Just cut your cut your shape of your tunnels. Make sure it clears your train. If you're making a tunnel, make sure it clears your train. You want to have some kind of access to it with your arm in some way. Oh, yeah. Either make sure the tunnel is short enough. If you make your tunnel too long and, you're, and you're, you get a derailment in there, you're going uh, to be sorry. You're going to have to rip some stuff out to get to it. You want to make sure it's wide enough you can get your arm in. Okay. If you got big arms, well, yeah, got a bigger put hole. Some, put some, <laughs> make it wide, but make sure you got right good support. Well, you know, for one thing, um, if you're doing a tunnel, but, the openings only have to be wide enough to allow a natural or or realistic. So, so say your tunnel's three feet long, right? The amount of track right. that runs through an underground area is three feet long. You only need the openings right. on each end of the tunnel to be realistic enough yeah. to be scaled to a tunnel. But once you're a few inches in yep. uh into the underpass of the tunnel, in inside the tunnel, yeah. It doesn't have to remain that size tunnel. Make it wider and then inside no. the tunnel on the base of the layout. So say you have it all in plywood and then you build up the foam around yeah. it to create the tunnel. Inside of that cut an access in underneath the tunnel inside it on the plywood. So if your train derails yeah. inside that three foot section, you can reach up inside and uh, at least maybe not retrack your, your train, but um, pull it out. Pull it, draw it. Pull it back out. Yeah. Pull it out. <laughs> you know, start over. Or, you know? or just create. And if it keeps happening, well, you might, you're going to have to probably do something. No, you're going to have to fix that. But, yeah. but you know, yeah. you know, the one thing that'll happen even if it's running perfectly, if if you have your whole track done before you even build a tunnel up, yep. you know what's going to happen. Yep. You could have that whole train running seamlessly and perfectly, and then you're going to yep. build a tunnel in that one corner that was running. As soon as you running, close it in the tunnel. As soon as you close it, it's going to derail right there. So <laughs> yep. make sure you have a way to get that back out. <laughs> and if it's a short enough yep. tunnel, yep. you don't need to worry about it because you can probably just push it through. Right. Um, but – but but you know the law the laws of nature are going to apply just like they do in regular construction or in the real world anywhere where it's hard to get to that's where your problem's going to be right all right jason cider says how do you effectively tie natural materials and man made together is it possible to have too much of one or the other in a scene or layout 
Um, so um, we I think did it depends. kind of cover a lot of that already on 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 uh, the other question from Lynn. Yeah. However, he didn't say about mixing them together with the the um, man-made material and the um, you know natural materials and man-made materials. I think you can mix them up. That's what we do, and I don't think it really it it. Yeah, like I said, you have to be able to blend. Yeah, I think it you depends on the type your, of layout too. You have to make it look natural, right? If you have a layout that's more um, rural or uh, mountainous, or like say you're doing a, a, a an old right, yeah, you know, a logging type layout uh, or a you know early early 20th right. century layout, you're going to obviously have more natural materials in it. Um, it depends on right. the type of layout you're doing. I feel that you can blend them very, very well. Yeah. If you know, like you said, you had you had to look at what look what's out there naturally in the real world, and then and then kind of get that color scheme in your head um, as to what's going to look real and what's going to look not, and then you'll know when you start mixing it if it looks kind of goofy. But I mean, you got you have to you have to toy around with it, but I think the two can actually complement each other if done right. Honestly, I think sometimes yeah. when especially you especially with all the cool man, all the cool man made stuff out there is it's hard, it's hard to mess up. I think sometimes when you add a bunch of natural stuff to a man made area, it looks cooler because in in and you know how I you know how my brain works. I like stuff that looks like it's dilapidated. Um, not everyone likes that yeah. look, but I enjoy seeing something that's you know old and falling apart. So. Right. I enjoy when there's a healthy blend of like man-made and natural stuff because in my mind uh I'm going to go off the I'm going to go off the beaten path oh, a little I bit here. This. Hold on. Go ahead. Is this is a phone call. I'll pause. Hello? Anyways, I'll let my dad talk or whatever he's doing. Uh in my mind I apologize it was the phone and I had to watch, I had to for work I had to check it. So yeah, you're on call. I get it. You ready though? Yeah. Anyways, good. So we're I'm good. A, I'm obsessed with those shows that are like, <laughs> this is really bad, but like, you ever seen those shows like that show? Sometimes the History Channel or, or the Discovery Channel will have them where it's like a hundred years after people are extinct, a thousand years after people are extinct, you know, whatever. 10,000 years after people are gone and it shows the earth reclaiming man-made areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a really big, I have a fascination with that and I think it's appropriate in areas on your layout that aren't maintained well to show the earth reclaiming, you know, man-made areas. If you have an old, old, like oh, really yeah. old, really old, not just with some potholes, but like a really old underkempt road or a really down in the dumps area, show the earth kind of growing back and, and put some trees in some weird places and add some some weeds growing out of a road or stuff like that. Because, you know, even within a span of five to ten years, if stuff isn't upkept and stuff isn't um, taken care of, you would see that, and if and all of our layouts and every town, every every town in every area has uh, areas. Even if it's a new town, so say like New York City, 
New York City has examples where there's parts of New York City that aren't maintained very well, and the Earth is trying to reclaim its ground. So it would be normal to see a big yeah. like tree starting to come out of a sidewalk, and it's buckling a sidewalk, and things like that are are or normal. Some underbrush, you know, like, underbrush, like, yeah, yeah, like some viney, thorny eye underbrush of some kind. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, if, if you think about the natural world, and I'm getting kind of off of modeling here, but it's something that we can model. Um, if you if you think about yeah. how quickly, if everything stopped with human life today, and you stop maintaining everything, within a year or two, things would look a lot different. So if you have to think about areas that aren't maintained for a year or two, uh, you know, they would yeah. be weedy and they'd be overgrown. So I like a good mix of, of man-made and natural stuff. I think I think it's nice. Sure, sure. So, um, okay, let's move on right. here. Well, this one's just for fun. You can Are read there it. Any- <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, from um, Ron Kleiss. Uh, Are there any new techniques for uh, for applying signs to walls? I heard something about a Rustonian product. <laughs> Well, we talked about that earlier, Ron. Did we just talk about that? Uh, we, we did. We that, did. Ron. Yeah, I think. He, well, he put uh, a little laughy face in there, but, so he yeah. knew. And he wrote it twice. So okay, we'll skip the second <laughs> one. Um, from Scott Horgan, what kind of what kinds of base uh, do you, layer do you like to use for your scenery? I kind of well kinda covered. So I'll, I'll go a little farther with that. Um, I do use the uh, base paint of acrylic, like a dark brown, a burnt umber, or a raw sienna uh, uh-huh. base. But even sometimes before I put ground foam down, I'll, 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 I did it with my most recent area, which is still drying, by the way, because I had to re. I put all that dirt down. Did you see in that area I showed you um, on Saturday? Yeah. Well, it didn't quite. Right. Do, you ever, do you ever put yeah, dirt? I did. Do you ever put dirt down and then spray it with the glue, and it doesn't quite dry enough? It's still kind of dusty dirt you got to put it down you got to yeah, spray it again yeah. so i sprayed it a second time last night and yeah. it's finally almost dry enough to start working on it but what i did was i painted that with a base layer right. of the burnt umber then i put the dirt down and then now i'm going to go back on top of that and put the ground foam down so i'm actually doing a base layer of paint and dirt before i put any ground foam or static grass down because um i wanted to have like multiple layers of scenery there. Uh, I didn't want to just do yeah. just ground foam or just acrylic paint and then put grass or, or ground foam down. Right. So that's how I do it. Right. I do cool. dirt that's and paint as well. Dirt and paint. Yep. Me too. Or paint me too. And then dirt in that order. Right. Okay. From Dan Pugash. How do you blend two separate scenes so they flow without looking overcrowded with people, vehicles, and castings? That is an um, interesting question. Um, I want to. So, what I've started to take the approach of Dan is um, who who did the square foot modeling post? Someone wrote a big thing on, or did a big thing on square foot modeling. Uh, I forget who it was, but um, I'm trying to, and I did. I started doing it with Assassin Dad. I'm trying to take the approach of just picking one square foot at a time, Dan, and modeling it to our style foot by foot. Um, yeah. That, I'm, but I'm at the layout here, so and my dad's got a different It makes it technique. easier to concentrate on – well, doing it 
small sections at a time um, and, and working your scene to scene. Yeah. Um, by doing it in those small sections, it's easy to make it flow because you're working, you're not trying to cover, looking, you're not looking at it as one whole, right. let's say, two, Men- mentally three, it's four easier. Section. Right. Mentally it's easier. And it helps you concentrate on being able to fit it all in and, and blend it together. So when you move from that scene and you move to the next scene and the next scene after that and the next scene after that, you're carrying a theme of the look to make it – it may be a totally different scene, okay? Like hopefully it should be, okay? But um, you're able to keep the terrain looking the same from, from scene to scene. Um, you you want it to blend naturally. Uh, you want you – know, you have to make sure – you know, roads are matching up and they're going the right way. You need to know the layout of your of your plan, where where you're heading and what direction you're going. Right. With roads and grass and and the hillsides I and think, things. You need to know. I think what we, that shape's going to be I think as we, you move. We model outside of the square foot scene by scene. As far as we we lay out the plan larger than the square foot plan, right? So we'll know where a road's right. going to go larger than our square foot by square foot or my square foot by square foot philosophy. That way, as I move... But then you just work that little area until you get there. Right. As I move down into the next square foot and then the next square foot, I know where the basic idea is going to go, but I'm only focusing on that one square foot at a time. Right. And and the one thing I do make sure I... And I'm pretty good at doing this, is when I'm mixing my road paint or any kind of um, rocks or anything like that, I try to make sure I remember or write down the mixture of paint that I did or the mixture of a stain that I, that I did in an area. That way I can slowly blend it to make sure it matches across uh, scene to scene as I build it. Okay. Yeah. Now he also asked about overcrowding. So what, what I like to do is I'm, I'm a, you know, I've been, I love doing details. Okay. I love the, all I love painting people and putting lots of people on in our city, I'm going to have more people. We're going to have more people crowding the streets. It's going to be busy, okay, because that's what a city has. It's urban. But our city blends to um, a rural area and, and, and an industrial area right. uh, that will go to a shipping area, okay? And then you'll, you'll have less people, obviously, but you'll have people where they count. They'll be the working people on the docks, in the buildings, on the – you know, not in the buildings, but, you know, on the docks, in front of the buildings, um, loading and unloading, that type of thing. Doing, um, you know, construction or doing, uh, you know, digging, that type, that type of work. You'll see more of those people, but less concentrated. And then you'll see um, your, your, instead of, you still want a detail. You still want every square inch to tell its story if you can. But you can do that without having to use lots of people and vehicles, but use your castings, use your natural material that we've been talking about, you know, little twigs and boards and crumpled up newspapers and, and, um, you know, patches of grass and patches of dirt. Right. So they look more, so they look natural too. Um, but you know, bushes and, you know, so, but lots of, you can put lots of detail in. Around the buildings, especially, you can load up all kinds of details. It doesn't have to be populated with human beings. Uh, it can be populated with junk. 
burnout cars and things like that. And they don't have to be on top of one another. They can be spread out a little bit, but make the most use of it. Any space area that's just grass and grass and grass and grass, it's waste. It's a waste of your space. Right. You know, fill it with something. If it's a log, a down log somewhere, or, you know, yeah, obviously you gotta have some areas where it's just little patches of grass or grass areas. Okay. But don't over, don't go overboard with it unless you're trying to do a giant meadow and you don't want that kind of detail. Right. Or if it's a farming community or something along that lines, a forest, I get that. Okay. But if you're going to be doing stuff with buildings and stuff, you know, think about what you're trying to drive. Is it an urban area? Is it a rural area? Is it one that blends to the other? And as you do change over blending people and vehicles to uh, less of them and more of these details and added parts and pieces and things right. like that. It's got to be know, gradual. Refined around industrial junk. Right. It's gradual. Yep. So it doesn't mean you have to detail less. It just means you have to um, you know, pick and choose. Spread it out a little bit. Right. But, yep. Okay. What's our next one? So next question. Scott Perry. Trees scaled to real height don't usually look good. How tall are the average trees on your layout? I'll hmm. tell you exactly. The average tree, let me get my scale. I have a couple here. I like this size tree. And let me measure it for you and let you know in scale. Do, do, 25 do, do, do. to 30 foot. Uh, 25 to 30 foot. Okay. I'm liking, you know. Um, I think, I, I I think like ours that are, size. Uh, you can go bigger, obviously. I think some of ours are a little larger. That's 25 to 30 scale. Yeah. I think, a few, I think a few of them are and, a little. Uh, you have to vary the height. They're a little exaggerated on, on size because, um, like, yeah. I'm looking around – the Wicked Wandas, which I turned into the uh, – what did I turn that into? Some kind of wharf inn or something. I, I forget what I called that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the Bayside Inn or something. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I made the trees a little larger for that one uh, with the real tree stuff we have as well as the um, – around Sasson. I made some trees a little bit larger than they probably maybe should have been, just a little bit. Probably like one and a quarter size scale to scale. Uh just right. because they look, it's a, it, you had to sprinkle some of the larger ones in. Yeah, they look bigger. They look nicer when they're when they're bigger and they are a little more voluptuous looking. You know, you need to have them fill out a little more space. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, they look like little weird and yeah, I mean, anorexic trees. Because let's face, right? Because let's face it. When we're staring at our layout, yes, there's some that are up real high, and you're staring at them at at. at, at at your eye level or head level. Right. Okay. Some people build their layouts like that. Okay. But I'm six two. Okay? <laughs> so when I'm looking at most layouts, I'm looking down. Right. And when I'm looking down and I see little itty bitty tiny trees that are as high as a, as a two story or three story building. They look smaller. Um, they, they do. And it, it doesn't make them look unnatural. They belong there. Okay. Um, it, it's just that, it, they they look like they're at the level. They look like they're they're below the roof, but they're actually most of them aren't. Right. They look like they are. 
Okay. You need um, to have a, a little bit of tree gets your attention. A little bit of artistic freedom to make them a little larger than normal right. scale. A couple big trees in there in a forest area. You want to have some trees now. In that respect, look, uh, my my parents live in a in a in a in the woods, and their trees go a hundred to hundred and twenty foot high. If I make a hundred twenty foot scale tree. Oh, my layout. Well, my HR scale rule, <laughs> and it goes to 85. It would look weird as shit. And if I stayed on edge and have a tree, it would look the dumbest damn tree ever. It would look stupid. So, um, that, that's not, that's but in not the same aspect, so, like but said, in the same aspect, if you put a, right. a landscaping type tree in, say in front of a business, right. and you did it to scale yeah. at like 10 or 12 feet, it would also look really tiny. You know, right. you need to also make sure that you're not oh, going to make it a little large. You're not, you have to make, you need to make sure you're not going too big, whether it's over height or under height where it's, right. and when I say under height, I mean pretty much exactly to scale because I feel like, say you have a store, say you have a building, um, let's just say a fancy hotel and out front along the sidewalk, right. they have a couple trees planted along this fancy hotel, nice trim proper trees you've seen them we've all seen them in a the city there's a right. couple landscaping type trees out in front of a hotel in a city if you did them to scale they would look really dainty and tiny and and like really puny yeah so you want to maybe right. overemphasize the height of that tree by just a few scale feet to make it stand out a little bit more or else, or else it's going to look really tiny and really inappropriate like way too small I like, like I said, twenty-five to forty foot right. is ideal in my book, right? Because it it'll cast shadows over corners of buildings, uh, the of the lower buildings, and uh, it adds some variation. You know, I, I right, exactly, and um, I I think they look completely natural that way. But um, you know, you have to sprinkle in the taller tree, not a hundred. You know, you don't want to do the 120 <laughs> foot forest tree, right? Uh, we, even in your forest, you don't want 120 foot forest. You know how, how long it's going to take you to fill your forest? You know, it's it's going to look really ridiculous too, right? So it'll make your buildings look like they're like they're the size of your yeah, look crazy of a ring box. Yeah. Now yeah. I wouldn't say so, you now. Yeah. Now I would say maybe if you're doing a, a deep forest scene. Um, where you try yeah. to cover a lot, maybe cool maybe in the, in the middle or in the back, you do them to make it kind of gradually grow upwards, make it thicker and, and taller in the middle. That would make sense, but you don't want to do them right off the bat in the beginning of the forest, right? Right on the edge. So, all right. All right what about uh, this is Dave Quizwick. Uh, ah, uh, uh, what about the Christmas bear, Christmas Eve bear? Ah. Oh, we got to tell the Christmas Eve bear Let story. Let me tell you my Christmas Eve bear story. Yes. <sighs> All right. So, <laughs> my, it's Christmas Eve. Um, the kids are now in bed. We've already had Christmas Eve uh, dinner at my grandparents, your parents' house. Um, we come home, we get the kids settled down, we got them in bed, and now it's time for my wife and I to start wrapping Christmas presents. It's probably probably nine o'clock at night, we start wrapping Christmas gifts. And um, we wrapped all the kids' gifts, we wrapped everything else, and we got to the point where it's time to wrap um, like your gifts and mom's and grandparents and everyone else's gifts, right? And uh, we had purchased right. some gift cards for a couple people. Well, 
I had thought that I left my gift cards in my my SUV in the driveway. And I said, oh, I'll go get them and then we'll come in and we'll wrap them. So I'm walking down to the driveway. I'm walking down my sidewalk to the driveway. Uh, I got a long sidewalk from my front door to my driveway. You've seen it, Dad. It's a lot of steps. But uh, we're coming down to the, right. to the driveway and I notice there's a shape in between the two vehicles. And no longer did I notice that there's a shape between the two vehicles, then I saw eyes looking at me, and then I heard claws and feet scampering across my driveway, and then boom, this black shape runs across my driveway. Well, at about the same time, uh, pretty much instantly after I had realized that I had just scared the shit out of a bear in my driveway, the bear had just realized that it had just scared the shit out of me on my sidewalk. <laughs> and, and I'm in, I'm in my, uh, on my sidewalk in my gym shorts and t-shirt running, uh, sprinting up my sidewalk back to my front door, yelling profanities that won't be mentioned on this podcast <laughs> at the top of my lungs, <laughs> trying to scare this damn bear away as it's trying to run away from me opposite ways. Um, uh, and then I stopped for a second and then I looked back across the street because on the other side, other side of the street from me is a, a large woody brush, brushy area. And it's just standing there on the side of the road looking at me like, like it, it's trying to check out what I was and I was trying to check out what is what it was. And we're staring at each other. And then at that point, I realized all the hair on my arms and back and neck were standing up straight. And I continued to run inside. Yeah. <laughs> and I told my wife, uh, no, those gift cards in the car can wait until tomorrow morning. We'll just wrap them in the morning. Uh, How big would you say he is? He was a good-sized bear. It wasn't – so I've seen a couple other bear in our area. Um, and normally there's like your your yearling bears, which are were born in either you know in early spring or, or, or last year, which are – only a year or so old, but this one was larger than that. It was a few years old. Um, I don't know, over 150 pounds. It was a big one, right? Big right. enough for me to not want to have to deal with it. That's a that's a good sized bear. It was larger than I. Yeah, it was, I mean, it weighed that more. That could have turned out ugly. That bear weighed more than me. I know that. So, and for a black right. bear in our region to be over 160 or plus pounds, it's a good sized bear. Um, Occasionally, we'll get some larger ones in this area, you know, 250, 300 plus. But for the most part, uh, a normal adult-sized bear in our area is high ones, low 200s. So it was a good-sized bear. It was more; it weighed more than I did. Right. So, um, but but it scared me as much as I scared it. And uh, once, <laughs> but I didn't care about that point. All I knew was I wasn't going to be going back down to my driveway anytime soon for these damn gift cards. I wasn't about to see another bear. Again, for $25 worth of gift cards. And um, <laughs> was it worth right, it to me? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're continuing to wrap gifts. And um, it, I knew it had been about two hours since I saw the bear last. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to be – I don't want to wrap any more things. We're in, that, we're in that gift wrapping marathon mode where you're just like, let's just get them all done at once, right? So it had been a couple hours since I had had my bear encounter, and I uh, um, was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back. That bear's not there anymore. I'm going to go back down to the car. I'm going to get these gift cards, and we're gonna. I'm just going to wrap them now so I don't have to do it in the morning. Well, on my way back down, I'm, ski- I'm, I'm, I'm already skeezed out 
I'm on max level skeezing. I cannot be more on edge about seeing this damn bear again. And uh, <clears throat> get all the way back down to the car, unlock my, my SUV, jump in, look for the gift cards where I thought they were, and they're not even in the car. They're not in there at all, right? So here I made this first trip down, almost touched this damn bear. We're only 15 or 10 feet from it trying to get gift cards from my car that weren't even in the car. I didn't have to see the bear in the first place. I get back inside and I said, those gift cards aren't even in there. And my wife was like, oh yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, <laughs> I think they're in my purse. And then what do you know? She rifles through her wallet and there's those gift cards. I didn't have to see, I didn't have to have the in first encounter at all in the first place. And now they're in the house the whole time. I didn't even have to have Dude, that whole ordeal. He was waiting deal. for Santa, man. Yeah, man. He would. He just wanted to get a bite. To, he was a, waiting for Santa. He just wanted to get a bite to eat out of my trash can. And here I scared a shit out of him. He scared a shit out of me. Get a couple and a couple, you know, couple beer bottles. Yeah, some old donuts or some beer yeah. bottles or whatever he wanted. And uh, um, <laughs> you know, that whole thing didn't even have to happen because the gift cards were in the house the whole entire time and uh, made me look like a big giant wuss. <laughs> it was like one of those cartoons where the the <laughs> cartoon character starts to run, but their feet stand still on the same spot. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, like uh, the cartoon character gets scared <laughs> and he's trying to run, but his feet are in the same space and it's just like a blur of circle feet, like running. They can't go anywhere. That's what I oh, felt he like. Made it like that bear in the great outdoors. <laughs> when he got his ass away. <laughs> Remember when that bear ran away like that? That's how he ran, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And that's how I ran, too. I ran like that. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that's my Christmas Eve bear story. But uh, I had a good time with that now. Well, we got – that is a funny story, and I'm sure that you maybe wasted a pair of underwear in that one. Uh, They're gone, uh, yeah. We just threw those right in the dumpster for the bear to get to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh and you've had bear out there that's not the first bear you've had you've had another bear oh like we've had a, a handful ago, yeah before you've had bear many times yeah. bears and coyotes and um, okay deer oh so, my so we got some silly ones here we're not gonna read them off and um and we we got natural or man-made materials we went over that um yeah it's uh it's yeah, so that wraps our there that wraps up our patient that's it, our patient that's questions. It. Yep. Yep, yep. So um okay, that's that's good stuff. So that now wraps up week, our patron questions. We'll have a guest Who's our guest next week? Or are we not gonna say that? Right. Well, next yeah, I, I can tell now. Um we'll get Bob Van Gelder All right. from uh South River Model Works on and uh he's gonna talk to us about his kits and you know, he's retired now, you can his kits are out of production, the Those, big red box kits. Yeah, they're just and we're gonna talk about uh they're they're insane. They're almost as well they are almost as famous or, or as famous as the yellow box kits. The red box and the yellow box kits are just right, exactly. as in, they're infamous. They're they're, they're legendary right. kits. Yeah. Right. And uh we're gonna talk to Bob uh, about that and it's gonna be great to have him on as another um, he's going to talk to us about the details of his kits and, and not and only of is he a legendary modeler. Yeah, I was going to say, not only is he a legendary kit maker, he's a legendary modeler. So we want to make sure we hit on that right as well. Right. Exactly. And, uh, so, you know, but we're going to talk to him about some of his techniques and such as well. And, um, you know, he's got some things going on with, uh, 
uh, a book or some publishing that he's been doing. So I want to find out the skinny on that as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be an honor to have him on. And, um, like I said, with another, another, uh, great modeler that we've had on the show, it'll, it'll be, I'm excited to talk to him about right. everything. We'll so, also have some more guests uh, coming up be- here in January going forward too. Oh, we're gonna keep it a little surprise. Yeah. So, um, so you got that and, uh, we're wrapping up. We're over two hours, man. We're at 147. Over two hours. Oh, okay. We're, we're just close. under two hours. But anyways, hey, so after this, we're going to do the okay. drawing for the next Craftsman Kit giveaway for our patrons. So um, right. yep. uh, look forward to that. That'll be on our Patreon page. We're going to announce that here in a few minutes. Um, oh, I got, I got oh you got something else. Too. Oh, let me hear this story. This is a ground phone story. It's your partner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so one day we decided, since we're talking scenery and ground foam and all that, we were new into getting back into this, and I thought, well, we talked. We were down there working on a layout, our first layout, and uh, we were both talking about. I don't know if it was you or me, but we said about making our own ground foam. Ah, this so is an epic failure. Went to work, and there were some boxes at work that had foam in them, and uh, they, the guys in the back they were just they were taking it out and throwing it away. So I grabbed them up and took them with me. Load them in the back of my car. They were like, they they, they were like, uh, like cushion foam. You were getting cushions for, um, like a, I don't know, um, like a like, like a foam uh, cushion, like a, a seat cushion. cushion. Yeah, like a foam, yeah, like a seat cushion, or or a furniture cushion, the old style furniture cushions. Okay, so um, and and I took those and I brought them down to the house to down to your place, mm-hmm. and we decided we were going to grind them up. In a food processor, in the little tiny pieces, which uh, we had like tons. I had tons of this foam. It was ridiculous. Now, we only ground up like one big chunk. Yeah. We ground up one big chunk. It took forever. And we ground it and ground it and ground it. It took forever in a food processor. Didn't want to grind up right. We had to keep opening it and refitting it. And finally, we got it ground down into little tiny pieces. Okay. Enough to fill like four or five cookie trays. And we put them on these old cookie trays, and we we dyed them. What the hell did we dye them with? Acrylic paint. <laughs> we stained them. With acrylic paint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was acrylic paint. Well, we, we, we saw a YouTube video, and uh, the guy was doing acrylic paint. He stained his foam with acrylic paint. So we mixed it with this bad. paint mixture with water. And uh, we thinned it out, the acrylic paint out, like different greens and such. And uh, and we dyed this. Now, the foam was yellow. Okay? It was this yellowish foam. Okay? so we And we, we were staining it green. So imagine what it's going to turn out like. It's going to be a brown, cookie bunch of crap. Okay? But we didn't think of that. We were thought, well, it's going to come out green. You know? Right. Well, we did it. We we. We basically soaked all this foam in this in this green acrylic paint water, and then laid them out in the trays. It was sad uh, to dry out. And um, wow, it was th- this ground foam. It did gr- it did it did dye it right, but it didn't look natural at all. It was awful. The, the foam didn't look. It looked like somebody took seat cushions and ripped it up in little tiny. Itty bitty pieces and stuff. That's exactly what it looked and like. And it was just awful. You, yes, it would not. 
it, it was something you would definitely not use. It was definitely as a. It was one it, of our. It should have been the do-it-yourself group. One of our Facebook. One of our least but, proud yeah. moments. One of our least proud moments, probably. It was. It was pretty bad. It was so bad that we just took it right away and dumped it in the trash can and said we'll never talk about this again. So it's been a bunch of years since we have, which is now. And uh, that was an embarrassing moment. It's one of those things where you just don't really talk much about it, especially right away. Um, and w- that's when we were still like uh, self-conscious about uh, things we did in our past. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we don't give a shit. So, but no, it's hilarious. It, it was. It was. And most, we ruined it was my the most horrific. It was the most horrific looking thing. We ruined my wife's uh, food. My my wife's food processor in the process too. It's now green. Yeah, because it didn't want to grind right. No, but now it's covered it in paint and shit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We we did that. We mixed the paint into the food processor <laughs> with the foam. That's right. We did that too. As we did it. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that we used it as a paint mixer as well. That's some funny stuff. It was man. bad, man. That was some funny stuff. It was bad. Was so bad. I I forgot we mixed the paint in there. We put the foam in there and then poured the paint in it and then turned it on. Oh. <laughs> It was not pretty. <laughs> and then we pulled it out later. We pulled it out later on the uh, trays. Try to dry it on oh those baking goodness. trays forever. It was bad. <laughs> it, in your basement, it took like four months. It was awful. <laughs> it was not. It was a. It was terrible. dumb moment in our modeling history. So came back like a couple weeks later and said, "Let's let's check out, see how our phones doing. Oh, it's still wet." <laughs> it was bad, man. So yeah. Uh. Do you have any yeah, other things for this week? No, that's it. We're good. All right. We're good. Hey. Let's wrap it up, man. Thanks for joining us. We are going to do our Overtime at the Bench patron uh, craftsman kit giveaway next. That will be uh, on our Patreon page. Um, we'll announce that to our patrons. So uh, stay tuned for that, guys. Uh, and thanks next week, uh, for the patrons out there, we will definitely be putting oh, we'll be putting a, a question up uh, probably Sunday or Monday before we do our interview with um, Bob to make sure we get all of our questions in in time if you guys right. want to ask a question. So, and for um, our patrons itself, we'll be doing our patron-only show right. next, starting next week. Right, right. The holidays, we took the break. Definitely. Deal, deal with it. So um, – <laughs> There we go. That's about it yep. for this week. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend. And uh, as on, keep on modeling. As Model always, on, baby. keep on modeling, you fine scale freaks. Yep. Later. What? You used to make fun of me for-